Hello and welcome back, my friends. Uh, this week I had the pleasure of having Glenn as a guest. And Glenn is here to share with you his story of life, of change, through choices that were made, and how he has gone through the change with mindfulness and meditation. And he has a mantra that he wants me to share with you that he repeats to himself each and every day. So here is Glenn's mantra. I am love, peace, compassion, mercy, truth, forgiveness. I am all fruits of the Spirit. I love everyone however and whenever they show up in my life. I am abundant in heart and soul. I am temporally, emotionally, and spiritually abundant. All things I touch turn to gold. All blessings come into my life. I transmute and elevate all energy for the highest good of myself and others. I am completely healed and I am healing. I embrace myself and 2022 with love. I embrace the divinity within my own heart and soul. I am resurrected and reborn as a new man with Christ as my master teacher. I stand firm and resolute in my own personal power. I welcome and accept a man who loves me, honors me, cherishes me, and respects me for who I really am. I am a son of the Creator. I love Him. He loves me. I will spend the rest of my mortal journey shining the incredible light I have in my own heart and soul. And now, enjoy Glenn's interview. So when I think of mindfulness and uh, meditation, when I think of mindfulness specifically, like I think about being present in the moment. And that's something that's, um, that's something that's difficult for me. Like you talked about, um, when you're looking at my palm, for example, you talked about, you know, my balance between my heart and my mind. Yeah, yeah. that is. So what makes it difficult for you to concentrate on the present? Um, I think, well, <clears throat> I think I, I've <clears throat> never been like officially, like officially diagnosed, but I think I have like some form of like ADHD and some OCD and my son, so I have a little boy who's 10 and he was diagnosed with ADHD and there's so many similarities between us that I, you know, I look at him and I think, oh yeah, that's totally me, you know, like, like focusing and stuff like that. And then I, I look at, um, sometimes I, I'm, I'm very, so I am, I'm empathic, right? I'm, I'm an empath. And then I'm very, you know, and I'm being an empath, I'm very sensitive to energy. So I always feel like the energy is just swirling all around me. And so I have to, I have to shield myself, you know, in the mornings through intention, through, you know, intention, prayer, whatever you want to call so it. So how does that morning look like for you? Tell us your routine. <clears throat> so I like to get up early, relatively early. Um, <laughs> that's been a little bit, not, not a struggle, but like a little bit of a change now, you know, being in a relationship where we get up a little bit later and stuff. We get up around six, between six and seven. Um, and for me, part of mindfulness is like loving myself first thing in the morning. And I do that through exercise. Okay. Um, and then I have a mantra 
that I, um, it's like a written, like one page written that I wrote out for myself for 2022. And it talks about how 2022 was my year to choose me, um, loving myself, nourishing myself spiritually, emotionally, physically, temporally, allowing myself to play, allowing myself to, um, to, to love and to be loved, to be loved, I should say, to be loved and to be loved. Because I have a huge, um, I have a huge heart and I love very easily. And loving very easily, there are people that take advantage of that, unfortunately. There are, but yeah. I think that for a man at our age, um, we come into ourselves again because- I agree. In our 20s and 30s, we're just really figuring out the world and who we are. And yeah. we get lost in that chaos. Yes. We get lost in that energy swirling around us. Like, mm -hmm. what energy do I grab and go with what do i claim or what actually takes a hold of me yes. and then we lose control of, we lose a part of ourself yeah. and then we come back and it's kind of like i put it in a metaphor of you're exercising and then you go for a run and then you come back and you sit down and you're like whoa that was a lot mm -hmm. that's how i feel about life is whoa mm -hmm. that was a lot yeah. and so and now that i'm 50 and i i come back into myself and i've read a lot of books lately of men of 50 plus who are finding themselves again. Mm -hmm. Not that they, they, they feel like they lost themselves, but they're finding it again and they're intentional about themselves. So yeah. I love your mantra about this is the year to choose me. So yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like what you said about like finding yourself again because I was telling, um, I was telling my partner that I, um, I feel like in my 40s, I'm 44, like I'm coming into my own, mm -hmm. you know? And I've heard that saying before. And I remember before my partner and I met, um, I, had, um, I had just made the decision like, okay, I'm okay with being alone for the rest of my life. You know, like if, if you know, I sort of put my, my hands out and, and had looked up to the universe and said, okay, God, source, creator, you know, heavenly father, what have you. If you want me to be alone for the rest of my life and not share my life with somebody and not experience love again, like I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, like I'm, I'm fine. Um, and I thought to myself, I have the love of my kids, you know, I've got my son and I have my daughter and then I have all these wonderful friends who love and support me. And I realized that I had thought for like a very long time that, um, that I was alone, right? That I was just this, um, especially after my divorce, because I had been married to a woman who I had, um, I had counted as like my best friend, right? Like that she just, she knew everything about me. We had shared so much, we had shared these, I always like to say we'd had these peaks and valleys, you know, in our lives and stuff like that. And so I had just come to this point where I'm like, okay, okay, I'll be alone. And then my partner came into my life, and like <laughs> completely, you know, sort of uprooted and upended everything, and said, you know, hey, like I'm here, and I want to, um, you know, I want to care for you, and I and I want to love you, and, you know, going back for a minute to what you talked about, you know, with my, my heart and my mind balance. My mind has a difficult time accepting that. Oh, here's somebody that you know because I got used to being on my own. Mm -hmm. I got used to like running my, 
you know, running my own stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I was the person in my marriage to my ex that, um, did not want the divorce. I wanted to stay, um, ah, gosh, to be there for my kids. Right. But you're still there for your kids. Yeah, I'm still there for my kids. And I need to remember that it's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's shifted. It's shifted. And it's, I don't know what it is, um, for me personally, like, <laughs> I was telling my partner recently, I said, maybe I'm going through like male menopause or something like that. Something's going on because, um, this whole dynamic shift with my kids, like I've, I'm like 45 minutes away from them. So not far at all. Right. And I see them. Um, I actually see them about the same amount as I did when I was living two houses away from them because, um, you know, because I had to work full time, right. To support myself and, you know, pay bills and stuff like that and pay child support. But it's the, it's seeing them right now in the stage they're in where my daughter's, um, she's going to be 15. So she's learning to drive and she's talking about going to college. And then my son just turned 10. And I don't know what it is. You talked about being in your 50s and I'm looking at myself in my 40s and I just feel like time is like speeding up for me where I want to, um, I want to like slow it down, Yeah. you know, because, uh, oh gosh, I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like, my kids went to the they went to the Caribbean with their mom for Christmas, and it's like they came home, and it was more my daughter I noticed than my son. But they came home, and my daughter walked through the door, and it was like she had transformed from this little girl into a young woman, like just in the course of like thirty days. And now she's, uh, you know, I'm teaching her to drive, and she wears makeup and yeah. does her hair like Ariana Grande, <laughs> and I'm ha I don't know, I'm just having this. Um, I'm just, I wouldn't call it like an existential crisis or anything like that, but I'm just, I'm having a hard time, um, like, like seeing this happen. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. And I tell people this all the time is that, and it's hard for some people to digest, but change is good. Oh, it is. Yeah, right. I and agree. we have to get onto the other side of the change. What, what I mean by that is, yeah, our kids are growing up. We have kids, we have grandkids, and yeah. we see them growing up, and we're like, oh, you're not a little toddler anymore that I can pick up and play with, but you're now becoming a young woman or a young man, and it takes a second to get your head around it, but what I've, for me, is I, I revel in the celebration of their life, that yeah. they're becoming who they are supposed to be, and all I can do is uh, be there for them, Yeah. And just give them a little bit of guidance without being too dad like, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> so without being like overbearing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I wanted to touch really fast too is how you said that you accepted that you might just be alone the rest of your life, and that is a, a key rule to the law of attraction is when we can be okay with where we are and be grateful for who we are and what is in our life, more good comes into it. Oh, yeah. So congratulations on you for taking that. It really is a, like a challenge or, you know, uh, it's scary. Yeah, it is. I, um, I never thought that like I would be, 
I never thought that I would be like okay being alone, you know, and actually be mm-hmm. happy. Right. Because I feel like for a long time, and I think it, you know, there's so many things, so many intricacies and things that interplay into how we grow up, how we're raised. You know, I was raised in the, you know, I was raised Mormon. And um, I feel like when I divorced, especially, I was still very codependent, right? And mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to be on my own. And, uh, how interesting that my partner would come into my life when I'm like, you know, when I say to the universe, okay, I'm fine, I'm yeah, good, yeah. I'm here, I am, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready, I am ready now, you know, to, to be on my own and I'll be happy being, being by myself. And also, like, being able to live authentically, that for me is part of, of mindfulness and living with intention. Um, just showing up each day and saying, like, this is who I am, right? This is the life that I'm living and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not the type of person that says, hey, I want you to agree with, you know, my lifestyle, you know, or anything like that or agree with the things that I'm doing. All I want is just to be loved and respected for who I am, you know, and I feel like that's all I, I I feel like that's all that a lot of people want or most people want, right? They just want to be loved and accepted for who they are. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It goes back to RuPaul, what she says. Yeah. If you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I totally love that statement because I remember thinking that. I thought to myself, okay, I am, you know, last last summer, I was at a point in my life where I was at the lowest of my, you know, lowest of my low. And... I um, I attempted to take my own life and I remember thinking like when I was in that very moment what what drew me back and what brought me back was the thought of my was the thought of my kids and then as I as I have gone through the healing process since that time I've thought to myself you know self-love and choosing to love myself each and every day like that's that's vital mm-hmm. like just like you said, like if I can't love myself, how the hell am I going to love somebody else? I won't be able to, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I, I had realized at the end of my, you know, my relationship with my ex-wife at the end of the marriage, um, we both, um, were just completely emotionally, um, emotionally spent, I guess you could say, emo- just emotionally empty. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had I had given so much of myself to the point where I remember looking in the mirror and saying, like, who am I? Like, who is that guy, you know, staring back at me? I feel like I can empathize with people who are, um, you know, listeners out there who, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and, you know, maybe don't like themselves, you know? I mean, I, I was, I spent a large... I shouldn't say a large number, but I, I, I spent a number of years hating myself and despising myself. Um, was it because you weren't using or living your authentic self? I, I feel like that, yeah. I feel like I wasn't living authentically. You know, and, and some people would say, some people might say, oh, it's because, you know, because you're gay. And I'm like, I I feel like being, being gay, for me personally, right, because I always speak to my own experience, I feel like that's just... Being gay, sexuality, like, that's a small component of mm-hmm. me, right? 
it doesn't define who I am. I feel like I, you know, I wouldn't speak up in situations when I should have. I wouldn't be witty and tell jokes, you know, to brighten somebody else's day. The, the, one of the things that I've always loved doing is um, I just love to make people feel better about themselves. I'm very complimentary. You know, I would see a person and I would just compliment them. And, and you know, whether it be, a, you know, a man or a woman, and I would feel like there were times when I feel like I would, um, I would dim that part of my light. You know, like, oh, oh I, sh I shouldn't shine this part of my light because they might think I'm gay or they might think this or they might think that. And a lot of it was, you know, teachings and things that I learned growing up. You know? Right, the culture that you're raised in exactly made you want to suppress parts of yourself yeah which which is which is really sad because you know so i grew up in california which obviously we know is a is a liberal state um and i just grew up as this little bright ray of sunshine of my mom's you know i'm one of three boys and we're all very close in age so my brother was born in 77 i was born 78 my younger brother's born 79 so we all came really quick and my mom had our hands full I don't know, maybe at the end of the day, I mean, I, like I said, I like to speak to my own experience. I think that, that having all these experiences has made me far more empathetic, mm -hmm. sympathetic, far more understanding, far more compassionate and forgiving, you know, as a person. Because I just, I look at, you know, I, I've done a lot of like, when I was Mormon, I did a lot of family history work, a lot of like genealogical work and work in the temple on my dad's side of the and my dad's side is, you know, he's from Florida, and so that's where you get, like, your skeletons in the closet. Right. <laughs> you, know? you get your cousins marrying cousins and, mm -hmm. you know, and all this other stuff. And it's been interesting to, to see the things. As I've, as I've uncovered family stories, um, it's given me a real opportunity to, um, you know, to offer, mo to offer my dad... Um, To offer my dad a lot of grace, you know, mm -hmm. as an individual, but then also to extend that grace to my grandmother, and my grandfather, and all like all his family members, you know, his siblings and stuff like that. Because, and that helps me with mindfulness too. Because when I'm in, you know, when I'm not, when I'm focused and I'm living in the moment, and I'm not what I like to say, spaced out, right? <laughs> or right. thinking of other things, either thinking too much of the of the past or thinking too much of the future. But when I'm in the moment and I'm interacting with people and say somebody, um, you know, is, uh, there's a misunderstanding or they're not very kind or something like that, I can use that mindfulness and I can use the things that I've learned from my own personal experiences in those interactions with people. I need to offer grace in this moment mm -hmm. you know um, I don't need to react I need to take a step back and I need to look at this situation objectively and I need to look at the, this you know this situation through a different lens you know um, and only through the years of experience of life yeah can you get to that point I, that's for me at exactly. least um, and I keep speaking like men of our age right yeah. that's what I can speak to is I'm a man and I've, I'm at 50 yeah but I every aspect of my life that I've reflected upon has taught me something so that now if something were to come up, someone were to be, I don't know, mean, rude, offsetting, off-putting, whatever, yeah. 
I now can be like, I'm just gonna stand in my own power and look at this objectively. And okay, maybe you're going through something and I need to offer you grace. Yeah. But it's nothing to do with me. Exactly. How you're feeling right now has nothing to do with me. And why do I need to react? I don't need to react because then it's just spending my energy, yeah. wasting my energy that I could right. be giving to something else in my life. I like that. I like how you said that about wasting your energy. Like, well, being intentional in what we give our energy to, right? Right. Because we can get caught up in, in what we would call the negative, the negative feelings, the negative emotions, and waste so much energy on that instead of, you know, mercy, compassion, love, forgiveness, what the Bible would call, you know, the fruits of the spirit, right? Right. Which I feel like are just natural natural born human emotions that come out or come from a heart based in love right? but we get so distracted as humans especially in this modern world that yeah. we have what they call the monkey brain where we just oh, yeah. obsess about something well that person said something and how's that affecting me now and like why do they say it huh what did i do yeah. like who cares i know and as we get to the other side of it all we have, that's what part of maturity is is that yeah we take those fruits of our labor that's what i call that and we turn it into a harvest of grace. Yes, I like, I really, really like that. I like that word, and I like that term, harvest of grace. I know that's something that I've struggled with, and I'm sure you're, you're you know, people listening have struggled with this as well, because you, you give of yourself, right? Or you give of your energy to someone, like let's just say in a friendship, right? And then maybe the friendship doesn't work out the way that you intended, or somebody just, I mean, I've had it happen. I had a very close, dear friend, and we had bonded over trauma from losing our mothers to cancer very quickly and at a young age. Our mothers were both in their 60s. And this person chose to unfriend me with, like, no explanation whatsoever. Unfriend and then block. Hmm. And it was like, what is this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, like, you talked about the monkey brain. That's how I was. I'm like, well, what did I do? What did I do to offend? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I need to, I need to, I need to use my words. And so I used my words, and I sent. And this was actually before I was blocked. I was blocked later on, and I still don't know why I was blocked. I was unfriended, and then later I was blocked. Uh -huh. But I sent, I sent a message, and I was very tactful. You know, I, I look at, look at the age I am now, and I think, okay, in my twenties, before I probably would have. I might have used like a slew of profanity or something. How dare you? Mm. You know, whatever. But this time it was just, um, you know, I said something to the effect like, I respect your choice, you know, to unfriend. Um, I wish you the best. Thank you for the time that we had together as friends. Um, and I did say something to the effect, you know, um, I don't, you know, I feel like what you did, I'm trying to think how I put it. Like I was not basically not deserving of the way that I was, you know, the way mm -hmm. that I was treated and stuff like right. that. So I was proud of myself for being tactful, but also proud of myself for standing up for myself. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And like yeah. using my words and saying like, hey, you know, like it's not cool to treat people like this. And you know, in my in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I hope they don't do this to someone else in the future because it's it's not nice. Right. You know, but yeah, like, like learning to learning to let things, learning to let things like that, like that go. You know, I'll still think of this former friend from time to time, and I'm like, but then I think, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I wish her well. I really hope that she's doing well, and um, and that she's, uh, you know, and that she's thriving. 
And this is where we will end part one of Glenn's mindfulness journey. Stay tuned for next week's part two. Until then, I am sending you the best of intentions. Namaste. Thanks for listening to Mindful Emery. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. And follow me on social media at Mindful Emery for Facebook and Instagram, as well as my website, mindfulemory.com.